Mr. President, pursuant to Senate Rule 5-5, I move to recall House Bill 103, Political Party Affiliations, Declaration and Changes from Committee Number 7, Corporation, and assign House Bill 103 to Committee Number 3, Revenue. In spite of all of their attempts to ignore Wyoming citizens, it looks like a crossover voting bill may finally hit the desk of Wyoming's governor. Let's see how they try to weasel out of this one. We've got lots to do. Come on, let's go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. From high above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the depths of the Middle Swamp in Wyoming's capital of Cheyenne. Cowboy State Politics is the most listened to political program in the state of Wyoming. There's two weeks left in this year's legislative session. Thank God. While I've enjoyed being down here in the swamp reporting to you every little detail of what they're doing, I can't imagine living in this place. Now don't get me wrong, Cheyenne's a cool enough town to hang out in. Just about everybody I've met has been really nice. But I can't imagine putting up with the day-to-day -day machinations of everything these politicians are doing down here. Just about every day, I walk through the Capitol Extension. It's the basement where all of the committee rooms are at. In the middle of the hallway is a series of chessboards, and it reminds me of how many of these politicians view Wyoming's Capitol, that it's nothing more than a game to them and that Wyoming citizens are nothing more than pieces to move around on the board at their whim. And then at the end of the hallway are two statues, one of which is of Esther Hobart Morris, the first female judge in South Pass City in Wyoming. She was known as the terror of all rogues. The first thing she did as a judge is have the man who opposed her appointment arrested. I often wonder what she would do with all of those politicians that inhabit Wyoming's capital. She certainly wouldn't let them walk free. There are four other statues that are upstairs in the Capitol Rotunda. My favorite is one of a woman holding the head of a snake, and it's entitled Courage. There should be no doubt that that statue is actually a depiction of us, and we're the ones that are holding the head of the snake, preventing it from doing any more damage. Looking over the legislative session thus far, there really haven't been that many big accomplishments. The only really big one is they spent a truckload of money. A truckload of our money. The grand total of which has yet to be determined. To their credit, they did put a bunch of money in savings. It doesn't really matter what the conference committee decides. It's still going to be a lot of cash. And that's a good thing. But all of these people that ran as conservatives killed every single gun bill except for two of them. They didn't want a ban on red flag gun laws, and they certainly didn't want any reduction in gun-free zones. They've scuttled every single attempt to protect your medical freedom, 
in a state that values liberty almost above all else, it's still going to be legal to make you put a piece of cloth over your face or jab a needle into your arm. As we speak, a ban on doctors mutilating young children in gender reassignment surgeries is still sitting in the drawer of House Speaker Albert Somers. He doesn't want to talk about that one on the floor of the House. They didn't really accomplish anything in lowering your property taxes. On Saturday's program, I played for you the Tax Cuts for the Rich speech that Representative Steve Harshman gave on the floor of the House of Representatives. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer would beam with pride over Harshman's performance on the floor. And yesterday, I brought you the story of Mark Jennings being threatened with his committee assignment because he refused to vote the way the chairman wanted him to. Do you think anything was done about that situation? No. So far, nothing has been done. And tonight, after the session, they're going to hold a caucus vote, during which many, many sources have told me that there may be an attempt to remove Chip Nyman as the majority floor leader. I really hope they try it. Their short-sightedness to get an edge in their short-term political gains will most definitely doom their political futures. It will incense Wyoming citizens and show them that the only thing that they want to play down here is politics, that they don't really want to solve real problems for Wyoming citizens. Rather, they're just interested in their own power. And nothing could be more obvious than that. I'm going to tell you about that in a little bit. Most of it, you already intuitively know. You knew when this session started what was going to happen. But I'm going to explain it to you, and I'm going to show you why every single thing that you've been reading in the Wyoming media is a bunch of bullcrap. But there is one very, very bright spot, my friends. There are 26 people on the floor of the House of Representatives that haven't let any of this shake them. They've hung together with their conservative values, and they've done exactly what they promised Wyoming citizens they would do. I can't imagine sitting through over 80 votes where they were outvoted 36 to 26 just about every single time. And those 36 people that voted against your conservative values, every single one of them put out campaign flyers claiming that they were the conservatives, that they were the ones that were going to uphold Wyoming values. And those 36 people, those 36 people who lied to you and told you that they were conservative, they euphemistically called themselves the Wyoming caucus. As if any Wyoming citizen wants their taxes to remain high or wants to be told that they have to put a piece of cloth over their face or jab a needle into their arm or that they have to abide by some dumb compact that some other state has asked us to sign. There have been two of those that have passed, by the way. There is most definitely a bright spot. There's those 26 people that kept their promise to you. And the fascinating thing is all the time they stand up on the floor and they say, this is exactly what our constituents sent us here to vote on, and we're going to hold the line. They've said that over and over on the floor. And the other 36 refuse to hear the message that is being delivered to them loud and clear, that if they want to save their political futures, they should listen to them. But thankfully for the rest of us, they haven't heard the message. This segment of the program was brought to you by the Buffalo Wool Company. They make the warmest socks that you'll ever put on your feet. If you have to work outside or if you're just bumming around the house and your feet are cold, you need a pair of Buffalo Wool Company socks. Go to their website, thebuffalowoolco.com. 
We began the program with a soundbite from the floor of the Wyoming Senate in the recall of House Bill 103. That's Jeremy Haraldson's crossover voting bill. After it passed the House overwhelmingly and without amendments, though there were several attempts, it was assigned to the Senate Corporations Committee, which is chaired by none other than Nancy Case. The guy that has tried to push Medicaid expansion 11 times in three years, that's the guy that they sent the crossover voting bill to. Other morons on this committee are former Redcoat Speaker of the House Eric Barlow, Brian Boner, Bonehead, Charlie Scott, and then Bill Landon. It's no wonder why the bill died in that committee. If you have any doubt of the duplicity of Senate President Ogden Driscoll, he specifically put those people on the committee knowing that they would kill the crossover voting bill, and others like it. They've got quite the track record this session. They've killed just about every election integrity measure, including crossover voting. The reason why he set up that committee the way that he did is Ogden Driscoll is one of the beneficiaries of crossover voting. The man has never won an election with more than 50% of the vote. As for the folks he put on that committee, they too benefit in a big way from crossover voting. Think about former Redcoat Speaker of the House Eric Barlow. He's one of the least conservative members in the Wyoming legislature. So far this year, he's voted with the Democrats over 80% of the time. According to WyoVote, during the 2022 legislative session, Eric Barlow ranked 76th out of 90. He was one rank above Democrat Chris Rothfuss. The principal reason that he was elected last year is he didn't have an opponent in the primary election. And then there's Senator Brian Boner. Generally speaking, that guy votes with leadership. So why not put him on the Corporations Committee? And Senator Nancy Case? As far as election integrity matters go, he is the most liberal legislator of them all. He openly advocates for open primaries and jungle primaries, and he's been a consistent no vote on crossover voting. And not to mention his push to create a ranked choice voting system in the state of Wyoming. That would destroy Wyoming's elections. So why not make him the chairman? The perfect setup if you want to thwart any change to Wyoming's elections and thus make it easier for you to maintain your elected position. Enter Senator Larry Hicks, who made the motion on Rule 5-5 to remove the crossover voting bill from the Corporations Committee and reassign it to the Revenue Committee. The Revenue Committee is chaired by Senator Bo Beitman. He has been one of the sponsors of the crossover voting bill for several years. Here's what Senator Hicks had to say during the debate on his motion in the Wyoming Senate. From the cow pie, and I quote, Hicks told the Cowboy State Daily he wasn't pressured by any third party to bring his motion, but rather was listening to the wishes of his Republican Party as a whole. Quote, I'm the majority floor leader, Hicks said. My job is to make sure the majority party's bills get heard. The majority of Republican voters wanted this bill to get heard. House Bill 103 passed the House with a supermajority 51-9 vote before running into trouble in the Senate Corporations Committee, of which every member is a Republican. Hicks said he knew the bill was in trouble the moment it was referred to the Senate Corporations Committee. He said there was no plan at play to make the motions to revive it Tuesday. He was simply acting for his party, which he believes was proven in two separate majority votes made in the Senate to bring the bill back and refer it to the new committee. Quote, the committee failed the bill, Hicks said. I just followed the process designed through the rules and procedures. End quote. 
Just so you can make a list of the senators that voted against Hicks's motion, here's the roll call vote. Recall of House Bill 103, moved by Hicks, seconded by Kinsky, Beitman, and Larson. Anderson? No. Baldwin? No. Barlow? No. Beitman? Aye. Boner? Aye. Bouchard? Aye. Brennan? Aye. Aye. Case? No. No. Cooper? Aye. Dockstetter? Aye. Ellis? Aye. French? Aye. Burphy? No. No. Guru? No. No. Hicks? Aye. Aye. Hutchings? Aye. Aye. Ide? Aye. Jones? Aye. Kinsky? Aye. Cole? Aye. Landon? No. Larson? Aye. McEwen? Aye. Aye. Nethercott? No. Pappas? No. Rothfuss? No. No. Salazar? Aye. Schuler? No. Scott? No. No. Steinmetz? Aye. President Driscoll? Aye. Aye. On the recall, 19 aye, 12 no. So now we're just waiting for Bo Beitman's committee to move the crossover voting bill to the floor, where it has passed numerous times prior. Coming up, I'm going to describe the rest of the scheme to thwart any conservative bills in the Wyoming legislature. But first, an obscene profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but it's still winter in Wyoming, and all of your summer playthings are out in the back pasture covered with a snowdrift. Uh-huh. The shiny Harley-Davidson, the new lawn tractor, all of them have mysteriously disappeared under a big giant pile of snow. You could have prevented all of this had you called Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. You should call them right now. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in protecting your summer playthings. And it doesn't really matter how many you have. They can build you any size of metal structure, be it a barn or maybe you want a roping arena or a giant warehouse for your building. Nick and Jesse can build the building to your exact specifications. Give them a call. 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. If you need a smaller structure, then you should call Bryce and Melody Reese at 307-Cowboy-Country. Their phone number is 307-441-1815. They have a wide selection of backyard sheds to fit just about any of your needs. They can build you a backyard shed or a greenhouse or maybe even a garage. They've got locations in both Casper and Cheyenne, so give them a call, 307-441-1815. Montana Shed Center, Buildings for Life. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means, don't you? Gun of the Week time from Gunrunner Auctions! This week's Gun of the Week is lot number 156. It's a Dan Wesson CCO 45 Auto. It's black, and it's got a 4 and one inch match barrel with night sights, two magazines, two grips, a holster, and a box. This thing is in excellent shape. It has beautiful stag grips already on it, and it comes with the original Coca-Bolo grips. 
This is a beautiful firearm. It's lot number 156, and it can be yours at thegunrunner.com. Don't forget about the Thursday live episode that I'll finally get to do, now that I've thwarted all of the Redcoats' attempts to poison me. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. It starts at 10 a.m. and you don't want to miss it. And now, back to the program. The only thing I read in the media all last weekend and Monday and Tuesday is that the House is moving extraordinarily slow and the evil majority floor leader Chip Nyman has killed a whole bunch of bills, and that's really, really unfair. The House was moving slow, but it's not the fault of the conservatives as the media would lead you to believe. To understand this, we have to first look at the makeup of the committees, which is the sole responsibility of Redcoat Speaker of the House Albert Somers. To put it simply, Redcoat Speaker of the House Albert Somers stacked each of the House committees, every single one of them. There isn't a single conservative representative that's a chairman of any of the committees, and there isn't any committee that has a conservative majority either. Of the 26 conservatives in the House of Representatives, only three have more than one committee that actually looks at legislation. Those are Jeremy Haraldson. He's on Corporations and Judiciary. Chris Knapp is on Corporations and Minerals. And John Winter is on Ag and Travel. There are four conservatives on the Rules Committee. Those are Chip Nyman, Rachel Rodriguez-Williams, Mark Jennings, and Clarence Stivar. But the Rules Committee doesn't look at legislation either. Other than those I mentioned, every other conservative only has one committee. That's it. The Redcoats, on the other hand, have multiple committees and they control all of them. So if you're wondering why there's a noticeable decrease in conservative legislation in the House of Representatives this year, you can blame the committees. The gun bills were sent to the Appropriations Committee. I don't know what a Second Amendment rights bill has to do with the Appropriations Committee, they're the folks that spend money, except, of course, that it is stacked entirely with Redcoats and that Redcoat Speaker of the House Albert Somers knew that that committee would kill any gun legislation that came before it. What about the bills to deal with pornographic and pedophilia materials in Wyoming schools? Well, those bills were sent to the Revenue Committee. That's the committee that comes up with new taxes. If you'd like to know why, its chairman is Steve Harshman. And again, the Speaker of the House knew that Harshman would kill any sort of legislation that he saw. A bill that hasn't been heard yet in the House of Representatives is the Convention of States bill. You'll never guess where it got sent. Revenue, of course. Why not have a bill dealing with a constitutional convention in a tax committee? Makes perfect sense to me. It's being heard tomorrow. So what about all of this business of the House of Representatives moving really, really slow? You can blame that on the committees as well. In the first two weeks of the Wyoming legislature, they dealt with 11 bills. 11 bills in two weeks. The first two days of the Wyoming legislature was all pomp and circumstance. 
Usually they do that on one day. But this year, because Albert Somers wanted to kind of slow up the works a little bit, he split it into two. And then his committee chairman went to work, or not, as the case may be. You see, a bill can't be heard on the floor of the House of Representatives until it goes through committee. And so when you look at the first two weeks and they only looked at 11 bills, that rests entirely on the shoulders of all of the committee chairmen, all of which are redcoats. Take, for example, John Eklund, chairman of the Agriculture Committee. Nearly every single day of the first half of the legislature, John Eklund re-referred bills to a different committee. That means he didn't even look at them, or couldn't. Either way, the legislation didn't get a hearing in committee and went to another committee, which kind of starts the process all over again. Then there's their favorite trick of adding money to a bill so that it has to go to the Appropriations Committee for yet another committee meeting. All of them want to blame this snail's pace on all of the new freshmen. They're just talking every bill to death. When the truth is, it's the fault of the committee chairman for not moving legislation through their committees so that it can be heard on the floor of the House of Representatives. And by the way, don't we send people to Cheyenne to debate legislation anyway? I mean, that's kind of the purpose of the floor of the House of Representatives and the Senate floor, is to debate the merits of all of these bills. So why then is it such a problem that all of the new freshmen in the House of Representatives and the Senate want to talk about bills? Imagine that. Let's have a discussion as to whether this is a good bill or a bad bill. So all of your elected officials that complained to the media about how much all of these freshmen are talking are really telling you that we shouldn't talk about legislation at all. We should just pass it, pass the bill, and to find out what's in it. This is a good deal for Wyoming. It could be a good deal. We can't even start to figure it out until we pass this bill. But all of this, the freshmen are talking too much business, is really not true either. From the cow pie, February 10th of 2023, by the numbers, and I quote, In 2021, the House gave the Senate 122 bills to consider. This year, there were 121. So, we're almost identical on the same bills. Also in 2021, there were 108 Senate bills that passed over to the House, while this year, there were considerably more, 139. There were 48 bills that passed through a committee but were not allowed to be heard for discussion by House Majority Floor Leader Chip Nyman. There were 23 bills that received the same treatment during the last general session in 2021. But it should also be noted that fewer bills were referred to committees in 2021 by former Redcoat Speaker of the House Eric Barlow. That year, 54 bills were not referred to a committee, while this year that number is 22. This brings us to the whole controversy that the media and the Redcoats drummed up over what was allowed to be heard on the floor of the House of Representatives. There was one article that circulated the entire state last weekend entitled, Heaps of Dead House Bills Raise Red Flags. It was first published by Wildfile, you know, the ultra-conservative digital news site, and then it was reprinted all across the state in places like the Oil City News, the Cap City News, the Red Star, the Gillette News Record, the Buffalo Bulls, uh, Bulletin. First, 
It is Chip Nyman's job to move the legislation that the majority party wants heard, the Republican Party. And the Republican Party elected conservative majority floor leader Chip Nyman. So, of course, he's going to move conservative bills first. That's his job. Secondly, everybody has been out of shape because of six committee bills. They're trying to claim that committee bills have to be heard first. Well, there's no such rule. And the committee bills that Representative Chip Nyman held back have already been heard over and over on the floor of the House. Take, for example, Medicaid expansion. It's been heard 11 times now in the last three years. Why should we assume that the resulting vote is going to be any different this year? What about the film incentive bill, also known as Fifi? That thing comes up every single year as well, and it's unconstitutional. Why should Representative Nyman move a bill forward that he knows is already unconstitutional? He shouldn't. That doesn't make any sense. And he wouldn't be doing his job if he did. Just because it's a bill that comes out of committee does not make it a good piece of legislation. And as I explained in the beginning of this episode, nearly every single committee in the House of Representatives, the ones that look at legislation anyway, is stacked by liberal legislators. Redcoats. Let me give you one more example of a fantastic committee bill. Ranked choice voting. That came out of the interim from the Corporations Committee. So all of this you're hearing is nothing more than a narrative, and it's not a true one either, and you shouldn't pay any more attention to it. Well, that'll about do it for today's installment of the program. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk again tomorrow during the Thursday live episode. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. But until then, from the depths of the Middle Swamp in Wyoming's capital of Cheyenne, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. <laughs>